Hey everybody, Mystic here, GM of Utopia Podcast. I wanted to pop in here and let you know that although this may be our first episode, this isn't a great place to start. Anchor is actually no longer a member of the podcast and is only in the first few episodes of the adventure. Um, If you want to get up to date on the Meet the Player episodes for the players that are still involved, feel free to check out uh, uh, Ed. Livy and Ziba, uh, Avis, or myself. Um, the other new player Meet the Player episodes are sprinkled in throughout the season as they join. Um, if you want to still listen to get to know Anchor, who's in the first few episodes, you go for it. Do you want to use your real name as like it's honestly up to the viewers what they just no oh. i'm just kidding um you can call me either matt or matthew or anchor or lumbear and i know all of those are very confusing because right. there's multiple names but yeah. <laughs> matthew is my given name uh lumbear is my discord name and anchor is my character name there you go. Now you can all stalk him on Discord if you'd like. If you want my social insurance number and my mother's maiden name as well, because I got that right here. Uh, no, no, no. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, well, cool. Yeah, I'm here with uh, Matthew, a.k.a. Lumber, a.k.a. Anchor. Um, he is one of our player characters here in Utopia, um, specifically character named Anchor. And we're just going to learn a little bit about Anchor today. This is some fun, laid back content for you. Get to know the characters before we hop into you know dungeons and dragons uh which is utopia edition yeah utopia edition sounds like a classy drink oh man someone should invent that that is the recipe (laughs) utopia flavored (laughs) dnd i mean if they want to suck up to the dm i am a sucker for a nice gin so maybe it's a gin based drink oh that's uh, mixed with fruitopia that's what it is strawberry fruitopia that's what you got okay we're All definitely right. off topic here sorry yeah, yeah. Viewers. okay okay cool okay cool uh, so yeah tell us um well first i want to know why who is anchor who is anchor well that is a question we will dig into right now anchor mm-hmm. is a warforged paladin oath of devotion I think is probably the route we're going to go with him, but we're starting at level one. So we'll see where the dice land as far as his, uh, the rest of his character development goes. But uh, he currently is going to be online for Oath of Devotion. Uh, Anchor was a Warforged. uh, And Anchor is not his actual name. That is a name that uh, he has either earned himself, given himself, or has been given uh, in his time spent on ships and then later being rescued by uh, Leo Fritsch. And so 
Anchor was a Warforged, and uh, as far as I understand, the Warforged had a special role in the Invisible War. However, once the Invisible War was over and peace reigned over the land once more, there wasn't a need for fighty, killy robots anymore. So there was an order mm-hmm. across the land to have these bad boys decommissioned. Now, No more Terminators. Terminators, that's what they were. And so <laughs> now Anchor had uh, a little bit more sentience, I I might say, than the other Warforged and desired to continue to live instead of end up being scrap metal. Uh, Apparently, the idea of being molded down into a plowshear wasn't exactly what he had in mind. So (laughs) he took off, found himself uh, as a stowaway on a ship. And, uh, you know, he got caught, as stowaways usually do. And and the, the people aboard the ship were like, you know, dude... You got to make your way in life. You can't just be stowing away and, and I mean, you don't eat our food or drink our rum or grog or anything like that. So I guess you're not like, if we're going to have a stowaway, you're the best kind of stowaway, but still <laughs> we can use you. So they tried to put him to work, but here's the thing. Zanker is a war forged. And so there's one thing he knows what to do. War. And so he was kind of terrible at literally everything. Couldn't trim sails, couldn't steer, couldn't navigate. This was all just stuff that he was garbage at. And so they're like, you know what? Uh, because of the most recent accident, we're out of an anchor. You you uh, you shit that <laughs> job. The, the bed has been pooped in because of your mistake. So your punishment is you're going to slow down the ship after we strap this big old chain to you and throw you in the water. Obviously not something anybody should be subject to, but uh, for a hundred years, uh, anchor became the literal anchor of the ship, slowing down the ship whenever it needed to, uh, you know, go in port, slow down and and make make bay uh, for whatever reason. And so this really wore at the already pretty fragile uh, <laughs> sentience that this this Warforge uniquely had and uh, uh, made him quite crass and unsociable. He's uh, not a pleasant person at all. And so this increased, you know, as the crew grew older and was replaced by younger crew members uh, as as this happens over the span of 100 years. Um, crass, the, the crass nature of Anchor became increasingly notable. And uh, it came to the point where this, uh, this young cleric with uh, his head in the skies found the Warforged known as Anchor and decided, you know, this guy... There, you know, I haven't been able to do much as a cleric as far as changing people's lives, but I can change this person's life. Probably the worst idea he's ever had. But he rescues <laughs> this Warforge, purchases him off of the ship, Captain, and now travels around with this Warforge. Now, there's a dual purpose here is this cleric wants to create um, a sort of like, you know, if I can convert and, and heal the soul of this Warforged, you know, then I can heal everybody. But on the other hand... You know, I'm I'm in a sort of dangerous line of work and I'm not capable of like much as far as combat goes. So we'll get this big tin man to stand in front of me and I'll keep him repaired and he'll keep me alive. So it was a working relationship. However, uh, Anchor's uh, poor attitude and abysmal social skills got them in lots of trouble. And so um, Leo Fritsch had an idea that uh, we should ta- ta- tamper with the the personality bought inside of this Warforged. And uh, through tinkering, he discovered uh, a personality for um, this Warforged. However, 
it had a tendency to bounce back and forth between this new personality and the the previous personality that ruled this Warforge. And so uh, two more edits were trying to made over the couple of years that they've been traveling together as, as far as to try and find a sociable personality that was fitting. And uh, the end result here is that this this Warforge has a s- split personality that uh, tends to randomly pick one of the personalities uh, whenever he, he goes through his century's rest, is knocked unconscious, or even occasionally if he takes a, uh, a good smack to the head, he'll pop between the four personalities. And, and each, each personality brings a little bit something different to the table, but in a way, they're all part of who Anchor is. And, uh, you know, that's, that's who the character is. Yeah, that's really awesome. What made you think about Anchor as someone who has these multiple personalities was it like one personality to start in the war and then as he just grew in and evolved these other personalities came in or did he always kind of have them from manufacturing and now it's just well yeah. the, the first personality is something that was generated almost on a fluke in the same way that we'll see in very many sci-fi movies is this android uh personality coming through where they they should be just a sentient uh, or a non-sentient robot, you know, take mm. orders, do stuff. This this uh, this first personality came out of just a, either a magical fluke or or uh, some some flaw in the design process or or whatever. You know, uh, Anchor doesn't understand where it came from, and it's it's a question that really rocks Leo Frick's world too. Is is trying to understand what generated the the first personality. However, there seems to be some semblance of a soul inside this iron husk, and but it can be tampered with me- mechanically. And so that's where the three other personalities come in. They're actually Leo Fritch's um, additions to Anchor as a person is he's tampering with this person, trying to mechanically and um, religiously trying to produce a more sociable person that is going to pro- cooperate with society a little bit better. However, uh, he's he's not the greatest at it, and the result is instead <laughs> of one concrete, consistent personality, is four different personalities that all fight for the spotlight. And uh, um, to a certain degree, the four personalities get along, but to a certain degree, they also don't get along. And so, one of the the flavorful things that we'll notice in in the progression of Anchor as a character in the party will start to notice is that there's a certain war going inside of Anchor's head that matches the war that kind of created the first personality is, is this tortured and, and fractured person that really shouldn't have existed to begin with and now has to exist in four different separate entities. Um, so the, the character Anchor is very, very confused as to, you know, why he exists, how he exists and who are these four voices that compete for, for who he to be who he is. But uh, um, it should be something interesting to uh, add to uh, Leo Frick's uh, character and and how he's going to be uh, a little almost a foil because Leo Frick has such a, a defined character and and a concrete set of values and uh, um, is is very anti-conflict as much as he can be. Um, and and so to have somebody that's completely on the opposite end of the spectrum is is. Uh, well, the the two characters should reflect each other in in opposite lights, which is going to be, I think, very interesting. Something I'm very excited to explore inside the content of the game. 
Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. Um, and for context for you listeners, since this is your first introduction to a player character, Leah Fritch is another player character, um, our cleric. Uh, we'll get to know him a little bit later on. Uh, but that actually leads to a, a good question that I had is, what does Anchor think of Myshiria or how how does he feel about Myshiria in general? It's an interesting thing because uh, Anchor for the first time ever has had somebody care about him. And it's it's through the character of Leo Fritsch. And so he feels a certain pull in some of his personalities, not all of his personalities. To be honest, his, his first personality has absolutely no desire to in, engage in any sort of religious talk with, with Leo Fritsch. And, uh, and so this is, this is something that will be a struggle between them is because all four, four personalities will have a different receptiveness to the religious kind of push that Leo Fritsch will be putting towards the, the character anchor. But, um, in general, he is almost, uh, I guess uh, the best parallel towards most of the personalities. And in fact, actually all of the personalities just at different stages in the journey is, is somebody who's been raised in a religious household and is is at different level of obediences to the religion that they don't actually really hold to, but the household standard is to hold to it. So, mm. you know, some of the character traits are going to come out in the same way that a child rejecting the norms of the family uh, are going to pop out. And then there's other times where it's like, okay, you know, we go to uh, these religious organizations because that's what a family does, right? Or, or mm. You know, this is tradition, therefore I do tradition. And so there's going to be different levels of, of competing interest in that. But as a whole, Anchor is not religious. Um, and and it, he he doesn't believe that his soul is savable. He, he's been taught mm. too long for 100 years that he is a malfunction and, and not an entity that uh, has the capacity to be to, to have a divine uh, everlasting or anything like that. So he, he thinks, you know, when I'm dead, that's me. I'm, I'm plowshares now. Right. And so mm-hmm. that's a really huge stumbling block for him to approach the idea of, of religion. And so for another a- aspect of it is, is that it's not that he denounces religion as a believable something like he, he genuinely believes that Leo Fritsch is, is what he believes is true for Leo Fritsch, but he's like, I'm a Warforged. I don't, I don't think I have the capacity to, to have a soul or, or have any eternal value or anything like that as far as, as far as, uh, um, the, the divine goes. And so it's, it's something that's not a huge driving factor for him, but will become more and more apparent as, as, as one of the developments for this character is, is a push towards, I mean, it's, it's pretty Tin Man-esque, but trying to find mm. out, you know, do I have, what, what separates me from the mortal beings of this world? And, and do I have a soul or am I a collection of short circuits? Um, and, and what's my eternal value? So, so that's, that's something that I think is more for the pull of Leo Fritsch's character uh, than necessarily for Anchor. In, in the in the way that we're going to be complementing each other's progression, that's that's hopefully the design there. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. I, I'm really excited to see how that evolves. Oh, um, as am I. Yeah, yeah. Um, no spoilers, but it might evolve quickly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so cool. A few a few more questions here. Um, what is Anchor's chosen weapon? 
Uh, Anchor uses two weapons. Um, now he has uh, he has a chain that's that's currently connected to his back, and on this chain is an actual anchor that uh, that was supplemented as part of his job. Um, was is a, a double waiting thing. He would he would be sunk into the water, and his job would to be find a a place where the anchor could you know stick into a reef or an old uh, rocky structure or something like that in in the water for the the ship to hold its position at bay. And then the other thing is he has a a, a big old rusty ex- executioner sword that is actually from his time in the the war and. The the weapon choice is actually very specific based on the personality that he's using, mm. whereas the personalities that are aligned a little bit more peacefully are going to use the anchor as a bludgeoning weapon that's going to be more like, hey, I'm not about killing you, but I do need you to stop what you're doing because <laughs> I kind of care about these meat bags and uh, you chopping them up isn't good. So let's let's uh, let's stop that. And then. You know, the more aggressive personalities that come through are going to be like, here's a sword that was specifically cho- designed to chop off heads. And I'm good at that. Mm-hmm. So so let's see how that happens. So he he has two weapons that he that he will change in between, depending on the personality and the situation. Yeah. Um, but they're both they're both heavy weapons. So the the anchor is a reskin of of the 5e mall and the executioner's great sword is just a, a great sword. Um, yeah, awesome. Uh, it's already been super fun in our playtest to <laughs> for you to RP this anchor esque um, mall. Um, it's been great. So, well, I mean, obviously, anchor was created at some point in the Invisible War, but how old is anchor? That's a question that anchor has for himself too. Is because the foggy hundred years that he spent uh, hooking up the chain from the ship to the bottom of the ground has has really uh, watered down his memory of of his participation and, and um, his 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 idea of of the war and whatever happened pre war is it's just a a collection uh, of negative experiences and haunting almost nightmares that uh, one personality actually embraces and the rest of the personalities are like, we don't touch that. We don't talk about that. Mm. That, that is, you know, the dark ages were, we're not about that. Um, and so this, this clash of personalities as well as this deeply dysfunctional robot doesn't have a clear understanding of who his makers are or where he was made uh, or really anything about his background the last few memories he has that are coherent enough to actually put is is the last order that he had, which was to report for decommission. And that mm. was an order that he promptly disobeyed. And everything before that is just a fog of of murder and conflict and and survival at at the height of of a, a terrible war um, that he was programmed to participate in and, and be effective in. Yeah, absolutely. Age is a mystery that eludes us all, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and the other thing, too, is is each of the personalities has a general understanding of kind of how they're going to present themselves. So, for example, one of the, the personalities is very young and presents almost like a child. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's another personality that's 
going to be roughly uh, late to middle to late aged, um, kind of near nearing the retirement point, and then uh, the last personality uh, is is a uh, a young adult, kind of mid mid adult, just about hitting thirties, kind of thing. So there there is a almost a like a uh, a mixture of of different ways that he's going to feel as far as an aged character but the the time and age of his body would be somewhere plus 120 years because of mm. the nature of the the invisible war being a um a century and a decade ago so yep yeah awesome last uh question what is anchor's favorite color <laughs> well <laughs> I, I guess it depends who you ask right if you're asking craskis <laughs> blood red that's that's Ooh. his favorite color but um you might get a different answer from hudson who's uh, much more interested in whatever color maple syrup takes so <laughs> awesome all right well thanks so much uh matthew and i hope everyone listening has learned anything uh they would like to learn about anchor has been super fun and i'm so excited to learn more i hope everyone i'm very excited to be a part of this campaign it's been a blast so far and we have an amazing crew with some incredible characters rolled up to go and the story is incredibly compelling so it's going to be a wild ride and i can't wait to be a part of it so uh, thank you for having me here to do this preemptive entry level chat and discussing my horrible creation Yeah, absolutely. Uh, If anyone listening wants to learn more about, I don't know, my Sharia, which was mentioned today, or the world or the Invisible War, all of this content is available on our Patreon. Uh, You can feel free to subscribe. It's only a dollar a month. uh, And you can find that at patreon.com backslash utopia podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe. And we'll talk to you all in the future. See See you later. Wow. Whoa. Uh, that was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed learning a little bit more about Anchor. I had a blast. Uh, Matthew is fantastic. Uh, he's a great player too. So I'm excited for you all to get to know Anchor a little bit more as we play along. Uh, intro and outro music custom for us by Nolan Clock. Audio production, engineering, who's a what's it's all by me, your dungeon master, Mystic, aka Sierra. I really, really hope we see you over at our Patreon. Uh, Be sure to subscribe, download, leave reviews where you can. I know we've just started, but obviously uh, we're hoping to reach everyone who wants to listen to uh, this awesome Dungeons & Dragons story. So hopefully you uh, are back and we'll speak with you again here sometimes in the future.